Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Joined now here on 365 Sports by our good friend Josh Neighbors, host of the Big 12 Watch, Crystal Ball College Football Channel, another excellent channel that we uh, feed with programming, including Josh's show and Garrett and Jack's show, uh, College Chaos Podcast, uh, is on that one as well. Josh, uh, let's uh, before we get into Transfer Portal and some of the guys out there and which teams you think are are, are kind of intriguing in the Big 12, uh, let's talk about Texas's last night as a Big 12 football team uh, and, and the championship game that's coming up but first uh your thoughts on the end of the uh texas era as a big 12 football team yeah uh as as for the game itself it was a lot of fun uh and obviously washington i mean just they're so well coached it's, it's unbelievable I and mean, penix was awesome and those receivers they have i mean the joke was out there on twitter like is their receiving core better than chiefs i mean there's an argument to be made it actually is uh, i think there's actually something you could argue but they were fantastic. And, and look, we knew we, we didn't talk about it. You know, I think we had as a group, if Washington or if Texas had their druthers, Washington was probably the last team they wanted to play just because what Washington does well is what Texas does not do well. Right. They don't cover very well. Um, and, and I thought there was some there were some times, guys, where the, the coverage was good. And some throws just got put on, you know, being basically right in the mud. We had a tip touchdown, too. So, yeah, I mean, what a fun game. And I also give Texas credit for hanging in there, just not going away. And honestly, like they, they've been the, the, uh, the matador for most of the season. They usually have not been chasing. They were pretty good on the chase, right? They were not the better team in the first half for parts of the second half. They were better. Washington really, they tightened up late and Texas took advantage. Uh, if Quinn Ewers places that final throw in the right spot, we're, we're having a different conversation here, which is crazy. Josh, a lot of big uh, announcements as far as the transfer portal and extra years of eligibility and all those types of things. And uh, seventh year coming to Alan Bowman. He's returning to Stillwater, and they've got Ollie Gordon back. They've got various others on offense and defense that have uh, proclaimed that they'll be coming back. It seems like the Cowboys are, are set up for a nice follow-up to making the Big 12 championship game this past season. But what are your thoughts on on Bowman being back in the fold? And, and also, where are you when it comes to the glut of, uh, I guess, seventh-year players that we now have in college football? Where do you kind of stand on the, the older player leanings that we now have in the sport? Yeah, so, like, I, I'm cool with the older part, I guess, but, like, guys, so I was, I just celebrated four years of being graduated from college. December of 2019 was when I graduated. Congrats. Alan Bowman was in college when I was a junior. Yeah. Like, this guy was in college in 2018. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. I know he had an injury or whatnot, but at some point, get a job, man. Like, seriously, just go and get a job. Well, but here's the thing. If they're going to let you keep playing football, go ahead and right. keep playing football. So, I mean, you know, that's that's what you should do. I, I think this one's super interesting. I, I'm kind of split down the middle on this one because, to me, like, I don't – I'm not an Alan Bowman guy. I, I did not find – 
his performance, uh, you know, like the, the upside just is not there, right? He is a guy that is pretty good at not getting sacked, but it's not like he takes good care of the football. He can still get around, but he's not an efficient thrower. He was 60% on the year through 14 interceptions this year, too. He was only sacked seven times, though. But look, like when he came in as a starter, things went pretty well. They just, he's not a guy that normally can bring you back when you're down. Like they were down times, they did come back. But Oklahoma State this year, they were a good team. But if they got kind of, you know, if you started putting on a little bit, they were bad at responding. BYU getting withstanding because BYU is not that good of a team. So UCF, which was decent, hammered them. They couldn't respond. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is bedlam, so it's kind of almost its own thing. And then Texas, I mean, that was not a close game either. So I think this probably speaks to the options that were there at quarterback available to them on the you know uh, in the building, uh, in the portal, uh, and also in recruiting. So and it looked like they won a bunch of games with him. So you know. They, they did win, but I mean, like their ceiling is not, is not, high. he's not, he's, he's 24. So how much, how much better is Alan Bowman going to get? Is kind of my point here. Like we kind of know what he is at this point. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little surprised and I wouldn't be shocked to see Oklahoma state, Josh, go after someone in the, like that just played a redshirt freshman year that might have been a high-star recruit somewhere else that's back in the portal to develop them behind Alan Bowman because he well, also – Those guys cost, and we know the NIL, the NIL side of things at Oklahoma State's, you know, kind of different, I guess. Yeah, uh, but uh, because also Alan Bowman has, until last year, not exactly been the picture of health. Yeah, I mean, he – yeah, right, exactly. He's had injuries – you know, he's, he sat behind guys, and then I mean, the injury is why he's actually still playing at this point in time. Um, right, they need a backup plan. And, you know, I, I, to me, it's like, well, it's hard to find guys. Well, if Kansas can have a good backup plan, Oklahoma State can have a good backup plan. I don't know if Garrett Ring, I haven't seen anything about Garrett Rangel in the portal. Obviously, you know, uh, Mike Gundy's son, Gunner, has entered the portal, which is, you know, is interesting. And he actually but, um, just announced he's yeah. committed to Ohio. Uh, that just came right, down at the last Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, – the measure of the quarterback situation in Stillwater has been, like, just so bad the last year. Because and it's good at one point when you pick Bowman, but, I mean, the, the triangle offense that we ran, the three separate quarterbacks, was pretty awful for the first month. And that happened because what happened? Well, you chased off Spencer Sanders, who obviously that didn't work out for him. But in the beginning of the year, it didn't work out for Oklahoma State either. And I, thought, I would say long-term it didn't work out. Like, that team was good. They coached him up well late. But if he's a quarterback, we're having a different conversation about the 2023 Cowboys. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Josh, uh, what do you think about Gary Bohannon, former Baylor quarterback, former uh, USF quarterback? He's been dealing with injuries, but uh, now headed to Provo to join BYU. Any thoughts on uh, Gary Bohannon and uh, the Kooks? You know, it's my job to have thoughts. I have very few about this. Okay. I mean, Gary is a he is he is a quarterback, is what I will say. Uh, that you know, and like that's that's kind of the deal with him. And, and look. He's actually had more success than Blake Shapin did, right? And I think Blake Shapin's a better quarterback than Gary is. But, but to Gary's credit, like Gary kind of knew what his role was and, and played it very, very well. So, BYU was obviously a situation where they needed 
something at quarterback. I wouldn't call him an upgrade, but this guy's been around. And and, and once again, like Alan Bowman's good, you know, is proof. Hey, sometimes just having some experience matters. Uh, and as a guy you can run with too, and you feel okay running with. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a multi quarterback attack for the Cougs coming up uh, next year. Will Howard is now the quarterback at Ohio state. Um, Josh, is he an upgrade over Kyle McCord? And if so, how much? Yeah, so this is a great this is a great talking point right now. People are like, oh, it's the same thing over again. I think that's being said because he's a, he's a white guy with like a decent arm. I honestly believe that. Like, I really believe it's like, well, upgrade all. I watched Will Howard the last two years, his entire career. I thought he started out and was not very good. I was like, this is not going to work. And then, as everybody said, he got older, he got more mature, he figured it out. And also, I think the problem that I'm having is people are not looking at what happened last year or in the 2022 season and the 2023 season. They had options on offense. And Will Howard's best quality was the fact that he could get the ball to every part of the field because he has an NFL arm, right? They could find guys in the flat. They could find guys the outside, outside the state, you know, outside the numbers, you know, outside the hashes up the middle everywhere. And they also had a really good complement of players. They had tight ends and H backs and wide receivers and running backs who would all catch the ball well, this year. Their receiving core was bad. Uh, that was not a good receiving core. You weren't worried about K-State wide receivers getting a ton of separation. Their best receiver was uh, Phil Brooks. Was you know honestly more of a he is a special teams guy. Like that's what he's mostly known for. And so to me, what I thought all year was Will Howard was being asked to put balls in pretty tight windows. Um, I think K-State's offense is going to work better with Avery Johnson because it should be a rushing attack first. And that's kind of what creates space, you know, elsewhere. You know, it's like a good basketball player. It's like, hey, Dwayne Wade, like, we know he's going to drive. Somebody's going to have to help. And the, you know, the help is what's going to start creating the movement. You know, pick your favorite driving basketball player. But that's kind of what I think K-State's offense is designed to be. And this year, a whole lot was on Will Howard to make tough throws. And he didn't always make them. But he tried to, and I think the receivers didn't help him out. So you give him Ohio State's weapons. I'm pretty confident they're going to be okay. Also, he is a much more mobile quarterback than Kyle McCord. Like, you don't always have to run him, but he is a good, strong runner. He can finish runs. He is athletic. So, to me, you know, I'm not surprised, like, the NFL was it was was there for him. And also, too, I was at the, I was at the, uh, the Cotton Bowl, boys. That was, I mean, Ryan Day, his performance was horrific, number one. But those two quarterbacks just couldn't do anything for him. And I saw Bud Elliott say on Twitter, you know, uh, uh, Will Howard made himself a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He made himself a lot of money because Will Howard is good. He's actually a championship-level quarterback. We've seen him win one. You give him those kinds of weapons, I think it could be a lot better than what Kyle McCord was. Uh, I think it's – and I don't feel like it was that close, to be honest. Like, I I think the conversation about it being close is, is odd and strange to me. Uh, Josh, when it comes to the Big 12 bowl season, uh, what kind of stood out to you? What what results or, I guess, even just uh, the coolness of uh, mayo being dumped on people's heads or Pop-Tarts yes, or whatever? Pop-tart, what, yeah. what, uh, what were your takeaways from it? So I think number one thing was uh, for me was the three nine-win teams because it all kind of – it was all different. Kansas, with the, you know, the ability of the program right now and – depth killed them last year, and to have them this year win nine games off the strength – of their backup quarterback 
and also have some really close losses with their third-string quarterback. Guys, if I told you all five, six years ago, Kansas with a backup, you say 30-point loss, right? That's what we always say. That's not the case. Then I tell you Kansas with a third-string, you're like, they have a third-string question mark. And that was, you know, they, they were close with Tech in that game. They were close with K-State with their third string. They won nine games, and they had the preseason offensive player in the, in the conference go down and only play three games. I mean, that's, that's how good that was. For K-State, you know, Bill Snyder in his best days was averaging, you know, nine, ten wins. Back-to-back nine-win seasons. That's really good. And I think uh, they had eight before that. So they went eight, ten, nine. They're averaging nine wins per year over the last three years. That's what a winning program looks like. It was important for them with Avery Johnson to get that done. And then West Virginia, Neil Brown had to do something drastic, and I would argue nine wins, pretty drastic, right, for him to go like that, for him to assume play calling, for them to be a good running team that takes those deep shots. I thought it all kind of, all three of those teams got nine wins, and it all meant something different. So that was my favorite. And then, guys, the, the, the number one thing. Noah Fafita in the, in the Alamo Bowl. So I watched him all year. He's good. That dude is like, I mean, he's short, but besides that, you have to you have to really stress to find something bad about him because he can rip it. And they they made the Mahomes pocket awareness comparison in the game. Oh, everybody's compared to Patrick Mahomes. No, like the 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 ability to understand when I have to move. How to create angles is the big thing. How do I create angles because I'm short to make the throws? He can rip it, guys, and he is going to be arguably preseason QB1 Big 12 next year. Yeah, he's got a receiver that will be up there for conversation about the best receiver in the Big 12, too. Um, and so they're coming in pretty hot. I, I, I think nobody's changed the narrative or, or maybe drummed up more of excitement as far as making the move next year. I mean, Colorado was the big, like, hey, it's Dion and all that, and Utah's right. had their proven. But, I mean, Arizona's now a team who's – opinion from uh just when they were first announced to be joining the big 12 i think has changed drastically uh clearly more so than any other team they're, they're going to be somebody to contend with next year yeah and their defense was what was actually pretty good for them like so they had to make the quarterback change from delora to fafita but during kind of that period where they were playing a bunch of good teams it was the defense for them that really stood out and was actually helping keep them competitive. And then Fafia kind of just went off from there. And I mean, they ripped off a bunch of wins in a row with him as the quarterback. And so you're like, this Jed Fish thing is, is really working out uh, at Arizona. And they've got athletes all over the field. They, they rally, you know, they, they went down and, you know, they were up and they were back down and they were back up again. But like this, they've got a quarterback, they've got a coach, they've got, they've got skilled players, and they, it seems like they've got a pretty decent defense, which I think is going to define much of the Big 12 next year. Is like, all right, who's going to be able to stop people? Who's actually going to have a defense that can stand up? I think that's why Arizona and Utah should be maybe one and two next year coming into the league. Yeah, I think if you look at quarterbacks coming to the league next year, you know, it's Fafita, uh, Cam Rising coming back, uh, and we'll see how how healthy he is. But he's he's a, a gamer and a winner. We know that for sure. And then. Uh, Shadur Sanders coming in is really interesting, but uh, and we know he wasn't the issue at Colorado. It's everything that's got to be around Shadur Sanders. And then at Arizona State, it's Jaden Rashada, who was the number right. one quarterback last year. So the four teams coming in, at least quarterback questions, uh, really pretty much haven't solved. Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterbacks at the four incoming teams either have, you know, like, Fafita took over unquestioned leader. Cam, Ry- Cam Rising is my age, you know, at this point. So, and, and he's good. Um, Shador is good. We know he's a good player. He's got his shortcomings. But, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot of, all right, like, 
what happens if people block for Shador is like kind of the next big question, right? Like we, like he's going to take too many risks. Great. But nobody blocked for him. So he had to do it all anyway. Right. So, and then, and then Rashada, I mean, from a pedigree standpoint, who is as good as that guy? And also the one thing about that team, like they didn't, they never quit. They, they were, you know, they were playing guys like me out there. You know, it seemed like late in the season that we're getting opportunities and they never quit. And they rotated eight quarterbacks. It felt like, but then you look at the actual like returning Big 12 teams. Who's the best returning Big 12 quarterback from like the Big 12 teams? I mean, Jalen Daniels is the answer, but also he's we can't just assume he's going to play because that's not been the reality of them the last two seasons. And then Avery Johnson's high talent, but we haven't seen him that much. Garrett Green is inefficient, but it looks like he's you know. So there's so many questions, but it's funny there's not many questions with the new team's QBs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Josh, your thoughts on Monday night, Michigan and Washington, who you got? Probably Michigan, sadly. Uh, <laughs> I, like the Harbaugh, guys, the Harbaugh interview bit is horrific. It's so bad. Where it's like, you know, what color is the sky? And he's like, oh, how about our mascot? How nice is the mascot? Like he just refuses to answer any question, uh, which is really frustrating. His dad, his da- I mean, I thought his dad, they put, you know, Jim in an aging machine and pulled, pulled out, you know, Jim and Jack Harbaugh. I did not realize he looked just like him. That was, that was crazy. They have the same I think glasses. Them, though, they were the same uh, glasses. The hat too. They had, yeah. the, they had like the, the M hat. Um, Everybody said this, so I'm not, I wonder what you all think. Everybody's like, yeah, Michigan was a better team against Alabama. I did not. That's not what I felt when watching the game. So I'm the minority on this. That is not how I felt. Because Michigan had to pull their tails out of the fire there, and they had not been doing that offensively all year or all game. So, like, Michigan being put in a spot where their offense had to do that, I don't know how you say they dominated the game, which – in which their, their offense was asked to do something they haven't even done all year. That was kind of my thought on it. Well, I'm sure you guys were. I'll, I'll, here's how I felt about the game uh, in that uh, if your argument was uh, for Alabama to be the, you know, one of the four best uh, and you're basing it on a quarterback, then no. Um, you know, although I do, I do like Jalen Milrow and I think his ceiling is really, really high, but yes. he's, he's inconsistent. Um, and for Michigan, I do think that, what Harbaugh has coached well enough is they are efficient. I mean, they are absolutely just ruthless. Yeah. Ruthlessly efficient. And Alabama for the first time ever is not. And that's what got them in the end was the little things that Alabama used to do so well that Nick Saban harps on all year long. They were able to escape them. And Michigan took away the one thing they had to that they used, which was Jalen Milrow's improvisational skills. He was not able to make things up, and I think that's that was the difference in the game. I yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I just I feel like they were starting to wear on them, mm-hmm. but it was like it was so simple the things that Alabama was messing up. I mean, just taking care of the like that fumble was so bad. I mean, and the snapping is just it's repetitive, and it's been a problem all year. And it's like, how is this stuff not fixed? And I mean, maybe it's one of those just hey, the better coach team won, sure. But Alabama had them dead to rights. It felt like later in that game because my thing is I'm not a McCarthy guy. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and all credit to him. That's a legacy drive, but. 
their entire offense is like, we don't put our quarterback in that spot. We don't make him make those throws. And Harbaugh being like, this guy's the best quarterback in history of college football. Guy threw one touchdown pass last five weeks. So can we all, we, you know, we, please don't give me that. It's, it's, it's interesting to them, but I guess, you know, I know it's interesting. Maybe they're just like Georgia. Maybe they actually are. Maybe it is whenever they're pressed, whenever the chips are down, this Michigan team is like, we have the answer. Maybe that's actually what it is. So maybe I'm wrong about this you know, the entire thing, but uh, and that's, and that's why I'm picking them to win the game. But I, I didn't, at least as far as the Rose Bowl went, I didn't come away being like, that's by far and away better than Bama. But I would pick Michigan, obviously, against against Washington. Uh, it's going to be hard to repeat that performance Panics had and company had again. And also, they almost lost the game, even with that good performance. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Josh, always love having you on, buddy. Uh, We'll talk to you again next week. See you guys. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.